2: Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music, and Ann Kennedy.
3: Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Anne Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, my friend and partner at Outlines Venture Group. Jillian is co-founder at Moz and later at threadapproved.com. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. How are you today? Doing great. How are you doing, Anne? I'm doing all right. So... You know, there's a lot of bad, really bad country music about rejection. But you know what? Oh, (laughs) gosh,
4: yes. Tell me we're not going to play any, please.
3: (laughs) No, 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 no. Not going down that road. But I just wanted to get everybody set up with the feeling. Because we have been doing this series on fine-tuning your fundraising, right? We've just Mm done – we have had two episodes already, one on – Angels and VCs, seed VCs, the other on how to do your pitches, how to fine tune them. Now, what happens when you do everything right and they don't bite? There are some very good Tracks You can take after that. And we have been working off some of the work of Elizabeth Yin, who is a partner at 500 Startups and herself, a a successful entrepreneur with LaunchBit. And so we have some good information from her and, you know, a little bit of information from our own experiences,
4: right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Raising capital is a really tough thing. First of all, you're raising money to save your baby here. You know, this is your thing and you're deeply into it and you just can't understand how everybody else doesn't see the extraordinary potential of what you see. Um, It's a hard road. You're going to get a lot of rejections. So if no is a problem for you, you've definitely chosen a strange way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> anyway we should go down this this road about rejection um Elizabeth certainly does talk about some interesting elements of it um, we'll put a link up on our facebook page facebook.com slash CEO coach podcast again facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast go check that out uh, hit the like button if you're there by the way uh, you know we'd like to know you're out there tell us what. What you want to hear about but mostly check out these links so that you can read her work as well so she talks about you know when an investor in rejects you and most investors will okay that that's what she says it. right there yeah. you're right Anne. yeah that's so true um yeah so when the investor rejects you and most reje- investors will it says you should figure out why you're being rejected right, right. Right. So I think that it would be safe to say that almost all entrepreneurs will think it's because the other guy's an idiot. They don't (laughs) like me. Yeah. You know, and so on. But But it's critical not to let your head go there. Seriously, you've got to step back. This is where you cut the wheat from the chaff from really being a CEO of a thriving company and just being some guy who thought this was a fun game to play. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The wheat from the chaff gets cut right here. Here's the deal. If you can't look at it objectively from a business point of view, you have no business being in this game. You've got to get your head out of the woe is me thing. You have to get the head out of the, oh, it's about me Right? And then figure out what it is that can help an a investor to actually say yes. So- I'd also like to
3: just throw in a little side comment here that I keep meeting founders who really look at this as more from a philanthropic standpoint. And maybe they uh-huh. should be in nonprofit businesses. Nobody's going to give you money. People, Investors are going to invest in your company with the thought of
4: getting a larger amount of money out of it. That's right. And if you can't make those lines super clear and convincing, they're not putting the money down. So the question is, why not? All right. Now, a number of those things don't necessarily have to do with whether or not you have a good idea or even a defensible uh, you know, financial projection. The investor may not invest in your vertical or may not any longer invest in your vertical. And this is where things get dicey. For example, if they don't invest in your space – don't even approach them. So the annoying part of this process that, uh, for example, it says a venture capital company may not invest in you because they don't invest in that space or they no longer invest in the space is this. If they don't invest in the space, then you figure, hey, I'm the first one in. I'm not competing with their portfolio. On the flip side, they may not have any vertical knowledge of the space and they don't want to be dumb money. Dumb money is just putting money on the table. You go do your thing. Come back when you've got more money for us. Most people don't want to invest that way, including venture capital firms. They'd rather be what's known as smart money. And I'm sure you guys have all heard this. Anybody who's listening to this show. Smart money is where they can put money on the table and they can bring you key employees, access to potential advisors, potential customers, partners, all of those kinds of things. So, If they can't bring that to the table, they can't increase the likelihood of the success of your company. They would need somebody with vertical knowledge and connections into the industry. Otherwise, it's a no-go. On the flip side, if you go to somebody who does invest in that space, then you're possibly competing with somebody they already have. Then they say, oh, we've already got somebody in that sector. So it's a double-edged sword. You have to fit right in between being in the space but not being a competitor. It's a tough call do a lot of research about the venture capitalist companies that you're going to pitch for before you start bothering to pitch. Otherwise you're wasting a great deal of time. Now there is a sense that says, Oh, just throw the spaghetti at the wall. Somebody's going to say, yes, it's a numbers game. And I do say that it's a numbers game, but it's a numbers game with the right people, not just any people. And that's whether you're kind of going after angels or you're certainly, if you're going after uh, venture capital already. So, if the investor knows a founding team really well, then the founding team has a really great track record. They're going to invest regardless of what that team is building. Now they're just investing in the team. This happened over at Moz very early on. People would say to Rand, um, don't know what you're building. You don't have to tell me if you know already and so on. But when you do, we want a seat at the table. They were going after the founder, not the idea. It's not that common, so don't count on that. Do select your venture capital firms especially by the sectors they tend to invest in, not being competitive directly with anybody they've already got there, but know that sometimes you're going to see somebody who's got an investment in a field that they'll say, no, we don't invest in that field. You say, but you got those guys. Yeah, well, we know those guys.
3: Knowing is everything.
4: Yeah, it's kind of who you know, exactly, um, but uh, it is critical for the venture capitalists to feel confident in whatever the group is about to build, and then if the investors invested a ton in a particular space, and now they feel they are over-indexed in that space, even if you don't compete directly with somebody else that they've got there, well, we have too much in travel, well, we have too much in, you know, SaaS, we have too much in whatever. Right, And then suddenly you're going, wait a minute, they do invest in that space. I'm not competing against them. Um, you know, They don't have just this random investment because they happen to know a team. All the things looked good, but now they're saying they have too much in that space. They're going to back off for a while. In that case, I would watch when one or two of them do well and they're out of that space again. Then you say, oh, you know what? They've got some holes there now. I can fill some of that. They like that space, they did well in that space, and now I can come in and get some investment. So do not mark them off. Watch what they invest in and watch what does well. If they invested in the space before and they did badly in the space before, chances they're going to do it again, pretty minimal. Right about now they're thinking, well, we obviously can't pick good companies in this space because we're bombing it.
3: So it's a very long road uphill to convince them that you're the company that will
4: make them not bomb that space. Right. And chances are you're not going to win that one. Right. Yes. It's, It's like children who decide that the divorce of the parents is their fault. The investors look at it and they figure the failure of the company is their fault. They chose the wrong one. So
3: that's one, one good reason for rejection about what space your investor is in. There are others, but first we need to take a break for our sponsors to speak about their investments. Absolutely. This is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music at CEO Coach, and we'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition.
5: To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to for Moby Mantis. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com.
2: We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, and today we're talking about rejection and what to do when you've made your pitch and the investor really doesn't get it what do you do next we talked in the first segment the uh about the investors who don't invest in your space and that's a very or your vertical and that's a very important thing to know and that involves doing your homework beforehand and also finding out if there are ways that they may in the future or they're oversubscribed there are a lot of parameters around that but There is more, and as usual, we have limited time. So, Jillian, what do you do when the investor says you're too early?
4: Yeah, and they will tell you that a lot, by the way, and everyone will. Um, If you go to friends and family, fine. They're going to invest in ideas. They're investing in you. Uh, You get to angels. They can already tell you you are too early. Angels do not invest in idea stage companies. Don't go there. So know who you're asking, at which stage of the company you're in, so that you do have a good match. Now, if somebody tells you you're too early, it doesn't mean no. Most founders hear no when they say, no, you're too early. What it really means is, come back later, you're too early, no for today.
3: So isn't there a really popular myth around that circulates a lot, or maybe it's wishful thinking, that – you just walk in with
4: a really great idea, and you get funded. Yeah, right. Uh, ain't gonna happen. Uh, it has happened in the past. I know that it has happened at times of, if you will, very high funding times. If you look there, there is a bell curve. You know, it goes up and down and up and down. The mount crazy ideas will have their own curves. Yeah, don't plan on that. Now we're at a different stage of venture funding. The idea of uh, venture funding is not going to go away. It's not that, you know, by 2025 it's all done and then we go back to life as it was in 1950. That's not going to happen. But you do have to Pitch, if you will, with the idea that you have a good handle on the business aspects of what it is you're putting together. You can't go in with an idea and say, fund that, we're going to make it work. You can't even go in with the idea that says, fund that idea, and this is how it's going to make money. You've got to be a little bit further along the way for somebody to say, well, prove to me that this is going to make money. And how do you do that? That's traction. The T word. The traction is
3: so important. Um, That's how you can prove that you can make money.
4: Right. So traction is not only about money. And most, again, founders look at that and say, well, if I were making money, I don't need money. It isn't about that. Traction can be proved in a number of ways, pre-revenue. And uh, we'll try to find some good links to some articles about that as well. I know Mark Suster talks about it among others. So, Traction before revenue can be created by saying you have developed a community of very interested people who are waiting for your product. Sometimes you can use crowdfunding platforms for that sort of thing, and we will be running shows all about crowdfunding platforms and their uses. Um, We'll certainly look at things like um, whether or not you have – Not just an engaged community, but an engaged community that is talking to you about the features and assets and so on or attributes of the things that you're building. It means that they are serious about wanting the product and perhaps even that you've checked on uh, whether or not they would be willing to pay this price or that. And that's on the consumer side. You can certainly do that also on the B-2B side. If you've spoken to a lot of folks that will be your potential customers, they've told you what they need, and perhaps they' you even a letter of intent, but they have given you these verbal commitments and are willing to let you quote them on that, that's a really good move toward traction. You can say, look, I have X number of enterprise clients who are waiting to test this or waiting to buy this, or they are testing it now and the tests are coming out positive. They are ready to put money on the table. All of those things demonstrate
0: traction.
3: Yes, and I'm reminded of one of our companies where, indeed, um, we demonstrated traction by uh, building a community rapidly, rapidly. of, Of interested people who remain interested in talking to each other months later. And that was one way to show traction before we had revenue.
4: It's actually two ways. One, we oh. were able to build a community very inexpensively. So the cost of the acquisition of that community is an important issue. Two, we were able to build it very, very quickly, indicating a pent-up demand. Three, they were talking to each other much, uh, you know, a great deal and much later than the date that we had started this community, so they hung in there. In other words, our churn was very low, and the uh, community was engaged deeply with each other. And the, that also demonstrates traction. The churn rate must be low the engagement must be high the cost of acquisition was the first one so what I'm thinking and this I'm
3: referring once again to something that Elizabeth Yin says the traction equals a way to prove your abilities and what isn't it what we're really getting at that you know how to execute you know there are billions of good ideas out there but the people that can execute them are much fewer and that isn't that what an investor wants to see that you can execute on your plan.
4: Absolutely. So again, we get back to wizards and executors. The wizards are the idea people, but you can't walk in with an idea and expect to get funded. That's why you're going to need your executor who's going to execute on your ideas. Now, you may be a little of both, right? But we do know that companies who have two or more founders do better than companies who have only one who is trying to do it all by herself. That's so make correct. Sure you're not alone. Right. Don't it, I was like, take my hand. This is dangerous. Don't go there alone. <laughs> right.
0: So, okay.
3: back to this rejection. Okay. So, the investor has passed on you for the reason that you're too early. What are the techniques you can put into place now to keep in touch with that investor? What do you do?
4: Well, the first thing you do, even at the pitch itself, you if you have an immediate rejection, it's highly unlikely. But once you have it, you. It's the first thing. You thank the person for their time and effort, and you ask, uh, what were the factors in your decision? I'd like to make sure that I address these in the future. It doesn't say, hey, I'm going to come right back at you and and fuss at you. You don't want to ask the question that way. You want to say you want to address them in the future.
3: And if you stay in touch, you can maintain a build and maintain a relationship that allows you to uh, demonstrate your traction as you develop it.
4: And this is a good thing, right? That's exactly right. So if you ask them what factors were involved and they say, well, we haven't seen enough traction, then you tell them, you know, you thank them and say, I'll keep in touch as we increase the traction over time. Okay. If they say we don't invest in that space, Right. Then you say in the event that that should change or, you know, somebody who does invest in the space, we would love to have a reference. We'll keep in touch. And I've used that as well. And by the way, the person I pitched to this morning had said no and rejected the company I was pitching for. Right. They rejected that company and came back to me and said, I'd like to see your updated deck. I shared your idea, which means they pitched for me. I shared your idea with my colleague XYZ over here and they have some questions because they think it's cool. This guy really didn't invest in this space. Just doesn't have the ability to do so. Doesn't mean he's not going to put money down now by the way. He may put... Add on money down with the other guy who does invest in this space because the trust factor goes from investor one who said no to investor two who he knows invests in this space, whom he trusts. The trust factor goes from investor one to two. If two puts his money back down, one will add some money to it and not worry about being dumb money, if you will. He's still smart money because he added it to investor number two who has the smarts to take you where you're going. Make sure you don't just give up on these people. You get pissed off at some angel. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't whatever, right? If that guy is stupid for you and you don't care about them, you've crossed them off. In the meantime, they could have been helping you out. So that's what happened here. Investor one shared the idea and found the investor for us. Amazing stuff can happen if you stay in touch. Elizabeth, in-councils embrace the rejection. Yes, and that's the asking for feedback, right? I think that's a brilliant way to say it, embrace the rejection. So a series of rejections can work well if you learn how to overcome each one. A series of rejections can work well if you've learned how to manage the relationship from each one. Just because somebody says no doesn't mean, again, they're not going to be your champion to someone else. It teaches you those kinds of skills. And, again, that cuts the wheat from the chaff from a real CEO to someone who's just fussing around and it's all about them. Get out of your small mind. Get into your big mind. This is a big game to play. It certainly is. And, of course, critical to your uh,
3: well-being as a company.
4: Yes, critical to your well-being personally. And if your head isn't in the right place, your company goes to hell in a handbasket. So looking at this from a business point of view, what do I do next? Understanding a playing field and playing chess is far more important than letting your emotions wallow in it. And really, that is the huge takeaway here because at every rejection – There is this tendency in some form or another to wallow in it, to brush it off, or to protect yourself, You know, put a shell around yourself by saying, everybody else is wrong and I am right. Open yourself to the fact that you've got real problems inside your business, or you have real goals that you must achieve before you get to the next level, or there are serious reasons why this particular investor is going to invest their money somewhere else. In order to be the best investment for a particular person's money, you're going to have to meet a number of criteria. Find out what they are. Most investors are good souls who will share that information with you and pass you one to the next. If you have an open mind, you can meet all the needs. And on that note of
3: ample optimism and abundant optimism, we need to take a break for our sponsors. This is Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and we're talking about what to do when your fundraising pitch is rejected. And we have covered, first, not taking it personally, and then, um how to reapproach some of those investors how to embrace the rejection how to get feedback that will help you first understand where you may t- need to fine tune your pitches but also will help you build the re- the relationship with future potential fundraisers so Jillian I know and Maz you had many many rejections yeah um, absolutely yeah. And, and the and first,
4: I, by the way, the first funding just fell into our lap. Somebody really? Else, well, there were others who were after, right, this investment. They wanted to invest. Don't tell us what the idea is. Remember, it's all about the person. Right So that was super easy, and of course, we were entirely brilliant. It was the best idea since sliced bread. we were never going to fail. We were going to be billionaires in twenty minutes right that 's a really bad way to think about things because none of those above is true. What happened was if you looked at the the charts that indicate the most you know investments made at any given time and the least investments, and so on, we were raising funds at the top of this curve everybody had money everybody was putting money in everybody had great valuations everybody wanted to play the game of course you were going to raise money then i mean you could you know smile brightly and raise money it was falling out of trees into buckets exactly we didn't know that but if you try to raise money at the other end of it well that's really bad news yep uh, but you made it yes we did indeed
3: Okay, then. So what would you say to our listeners
4: about how to embrace the rejections that, that you had? Um, well, basically, the first thing, again, uh, that's really my hottest tip. Learn to get out of your emotional childishness and get out of your head. You must look at this as a business proposition. You must look at it dispassionately, and then you can figure out what to do next. Okay, so we have a positive. We have a negative. All right, I have a negative. How many negatives will it take before I get to? Yes, we're going to fund you. We're going to find that out. But today, I'm still on the negative. It's okay. It's part of the process. Knowing that it is so helps you to be dispassionate about it. Okay, so I have a negative here. What do I do next? The answer is ask for feedback. That's tip number two. Always ask for feedback. Why did you make your choice? What were the important factors? Do you know anybody else who might be investing in this space? Do you know anybody where I might be at their level of investment? I mean, this is a venture capitalist. Maybe they know some angels. Are there any angels you can recommend to me today so that I can get ready to come to pitch to you in the future? Especially angels, for example, who would bring me the kind of wisdom you're hoping to find in us later. Wow, that really turns it around. Like they say, well, you know, you're an unseasoned team and we're really not sure and we don't usually, um, you know, take it so small. And then you say to them, find me the angel that you like to take deals from. Wow, that turns it around, right? And if you went in and just said, hey, they're all idiots and I'm wonderful, you would never have asked that. So step number one, get out of your head. Step number two, ask for feedback. Find out why. Step number three, ask for more than feedback. Ask for their support to find your investor. Okay. And finally, keep in touch over time. Once you've gotten to know someone, whether it's at the angel stage, the seed VC capital, or the later stage VC capital, if you're told too early, then you keep in touch over time, letting them know. And if you're told it's not just too early, but maybe it's not their sector or they're oversubscribed in that sector, you keep in touch by keeping in touch with their news. Do your research first.
3: So that's kind of a bonus tip. So we got four tips today and that's really great. I'd like to throw a shout out to Elizabeth Yin's side project, Hustlethon, which is, she is doing uh, periodically on her own to help entrepreneurs become comfortable with embracing rejection and talking about it and comfortable with all the various steps of pitching. You can find out about it on her blog or at hustle a And it's sort of like a hackathon for hustling pitches. Get it?
4: Yep. Yes, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Great name.
3: Yeah, it sounds like a, a, a probably a worthy event for most uh, most entrepreneurs to get involved in. So, Jillian, once again, we are out of time. How sad! How sad. Um, that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fM shows CEO Coach iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links from what we talked about today and more on Facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. That is our very own Facebook page. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week, Jillian.
4: Till next week, Ann. Yeah.